0: I'm Athena Silver, I'm Anya River, and we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is
1: a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things.
0: We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology,
1: astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hi, guys. I'm on your river. Tonight, we are talking about... Water deities and sacred water throughout the earth. It's we're going to be talking about offerings that you can give to these deities. Um, some of the sacred places that have been, you know, water has been worshipped there for many thousands of years. We're getting a deep dive into what it's like to work with water, not just on an elemental level, but in a cultural sense as well.
0: Yes, so we hope you stick around. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, everyone. Let's get into it. So we're going to be talking about Water in the sense of what it was in ancient times and what it is like to work with it in modern times. Water has always been seen throughout history from our ancestors and from the perspective of those people as dangerous and fickle and un- unpredictable. And they, they really made a point to stay on good, even keel when it comes to their deities, their gods, their goddesses to make sure that there weren't natural disasters. So a lot of their medicine and a lot of their offerings were preventative when it came to keeping their communities safe. Um, they even went so far as sacrificing the most precious thing that that they could, which was their children and their family members in, in the act of making the sacrifice, whether it be through, you know, um, ritual sense or in a burial sense, they were doing this to not only preserve the cycles of life and bring fertility and abundance to their communities, but also to keep safe, which was the most important part. (laughs) Tell me more. Sure. Um, Now, we're going to talk first about a story that a lot of you are probably really familiar with. And especially if you're a history buff like I am. Uh, We're talking about when Poseidon got angry, caused the eruption of Santorini, which triggered a tsunami, which basically took out the island of Crete and the Minoan civilization. Now this is way into prehistory. This this was written about by Homer, like hundreds of years after, after it actually happened. And it, it said that we lost an extremely advanced society because of this act. Um, allegedly through the story, they say that the, the Minoans angered Poseidon with some one of their actions and it caused complete chaos and destruction and annihilation of their way of life. And it's strange because In other um, natural disasters, the communities come back and they reconsecrate the grounds and repopulate the area. But when it comes to the Minoan civilization, there wasn't anybody really left to do that. So it's it's sad because it really wiped out an entire people and an entire civilization in one night. Mm
0: -hmm. Some people
1: allege that that's, that's the Atlantis story. Wow. Yeah. All because somebody pissed off Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, talking about the different sacred um, waters, because there's sacred rivers, there's sacred seas, there's sacred oceans, um, there's sacred streams. It it all depends on who's there, you know, making offering and the spirits mm-hmm. that they are offering to. But I'm going to talk about some of the more notable ones, like the Nile River and the Egyptian civilization and how they they went and they served the Nile River by giving offerings to uh, Ankhet. sorry, you guys know my pronunciation is horrible. (laughs) A-N-U-K-E-T. And we talk about the the Ganges River and the, the goddess Ganja who watches over the rivers in India. Um, That's a really big one because it's even the offerings are constantly made even on a daily minute to minute basis in that river. You know, there's Mm -hmm. people that are being, you know, like cremated and thrown into the river. There's people washing their dishes, washing their clothes, taking and drinking it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, Unfortunately, it's one of the most polluted um, rivers on the planet at this point because of the amount of activity at its banks. But it's crazy and science can't explain it for whatever reason people are drinking it and they're not getting sick. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's very strange, you know, that you science think it's can't because, really explain it.
0: Because of like the holy things that are going on there, even even though there's some
1: I think it's blessed and protected by the yeah. goddess herself. That's what I that's how I choose to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, it's how you it's yeah. really how you interpret it. Um, uh, another famous place would be the Danube river in, in Europe. It's like runs through Germany and Italy, I think. And, you know, all those, all that area. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a sacred river to so many different people, uh, you know, throughout its history, especially in prehistory. It has a very rich, um, like bronze age vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. that's when it was at its height. People right. are chucking in stuff all the time, <laughs> you know, keeping their, their goddess happy. Um, and, and then for our, like go real back into history, uh, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in Mesopotamia, one of the oldest civilizations on earth that we're aware of, um, those rivers are still seen as sacred. They're sacred to the, you know, to that whole region of the world. It, stem some of the greatest civilizations of all time, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the first. Um, and then we're gonna switch it over to America. In the Yucatan, there's the the Cenote Sagrado, which is the sacred, you know, the Grand Cenote. Like that's, that's where they would go. It was very close to Chichen Itza. They would get water from it. They would give offerings to it. And it was there as kind of a portal from place to place from our realm into another realm so mm-hmm. these places have stories that talk about um like a lot of them are associated with the underworld um some of them like when we talk about the mayan deity um chalk the the rain god he is really um seen as somebody who it, it's like flowers and 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 fertility, and so much more than just the element of water, you know, mm-hmm. all of these deities bring so many different facets to them. When we talk about turbulence, you know, Yemaya and Oshun from the Yoruba tradition, they can be very turbulent, you know, especially if you piss them off, Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure people can attest to Oshun and her jealousy issues, yeah. you know, um, And I say that respectfully, so don't come at me, Oshun. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment here. Um, No, I mean, when we talk about uh, Nephthys in the Egyptian sense of things, uh, she was the goddess of rivers. She was very associated with um, the story of Osiris and Isis and what happened with his dismemberment and murder by his brother and his wife brought him back, it all talks surrounding the River Nile, you know, and Mm Neftis used her powers to help Isis bring Osiris back. So wow, yeah, I mean, these waters, when we talk about these sacred deities, and these waters, there's always an element of healing and an element of of passing away. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about like the river Styx in Greek um, mythology, Mm -hmm. it's a river that brought you and shepherds you into the underworld you know, to right. meet Hades and his wife, which we've talked about our folk up here before. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's about shepherding you through to your afterlife. So it, it's used for transportation, but not even just transportation physically, but your energetically and soul-wise.
0: Right, so yeah.
1: All of these these waters really talk about something much deeper, you know, which is getting into connection of what makes us human, you know, we carry so much water within us. So it's only natural that we would want to connect back with it. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me what you wanted to talk about talking about water, because because you have a more scientific uh, leaning towards it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I have been guilty of taking water for granted in many different ways mm-hmm. and you know I come back around to it you know and 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 when this last time when I was looking when I was uh, when I was going back again and and really like trying to reacquaint myself with using water more magically more meaningfully mm-hmm. you know um so there's this there's this theory that I wanted to talk about, and I, I think it bridges some of what you're saying about why this why not just waters and sacred sites are so important, but all water, you know and and how we we connect we can use water to connect us to you know more magical efficaciousness. Water is, so like, you know, like when the, when the snowflakes are, are like their own crystals and everything, Yeah. right? So um, there's this very famous Dr. Uh, Masaru Emoto. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name as well, but, and, <laughs> and he said, he, he studied all the different effects of like different, different um, elements on water, not elements, um, you know, how different things affected water. And he, what he noticed is is that um, the crystals are in the liquid water as well. And Mm -hmm. not, you know, they don't always form like, so in some certain situations, like if the water is mistreated or, you know, like he had this famous experiment where he had three cups of water from the same source and, you know, went back to it and said, I love you every day and then the middle one it would be like you idiot or something like that and then the other one would just be ignored and they were all different like they just yeah. they were there at the same time but they were all different and the the one where he was saying expressing gratitude and love to was fermenting nicely and then the one that was like you idiot it was like like um black and then the other one was just kind of like moldy and green and gross and so you know running with that like there's there's a lot of um information that you could find him and look that up and see like everything that's behind that but the whole the whole idea of it is is that because water it's either and scientists really don't know but it's either that water water is an information exchange and either it records or it's speaking to us or 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 everything every every being it also
1: conducts energy as well, and vibration. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what anytime we're putting energy or intention into something, when we have something that conducts it, it does form a memory of what it is conducting. So I can see how that that definitely ties in.
0: Yeah. And so, like, when you're thinking about so that, you know, they look at water from a state of like a pure natural state, and those waters usually tend to have like the nicest crystals and they're, you know, they're, they're the healthiest waters for us to use and to, you know, it's in a, it's in a pure state. Whereas like tap water, you know, going through these hard angles in the pipes and, and everything and being cycled and filtered and heavily treated is almost dead. Yeah. So that's something to think about, but with that, with that, simple idea in mind that water can actually like take our intentions and you know in fact not just ours you know this isn't like a human-centric thing it, it is takes everything it takes the takes the energy of everything that it touches yeah with that in mind you can take you know first of all you can up your respect for water, you
1: know? <laughs> like this is well, like that's, you know that's I... something that we need to keep in mind nowadays because only one percent of the water on Earth is fresh water, and as humans, yeah. we can't drink seawater or salt water. <laughs> so yeah. if we really want to you know, be one with our ecosystem with with our planet, we really need to be respectful towards water and these spirits and deities that guard the waters, because yeah. this is our life, you know, source. Yeah, like There's you said, no we're water, of, There's no life. of
0: water, and children are made of 70% of water. So that's an interesting thought, too, because thinking of how much how much you are how much water, how, how much you are made of water, like how much of it makes you. or if you're a kid, 90%, when you, you can really do a lot of good for your own body, if you are working with, you know, and being very careful about the water that you use, you know, for yourself. So, so like, you know, our ancestors knew that like certain, certain vessels were much better for the water, like they had this innate knowledge, and somehow we've lost this, this like, we've lost so much of our, of our respect for, for, you know, the substance that really is like, we need that.
1: And it shows like air, (laughs) you know, like we need. It shows the most when we're talking about healing with water, you know, Western medicine has only kept a fragment of that knowledge in play, you know, Mm -hmm. by like, aquatherapy, hydrotherapy, you know, they send you to the pool at the club and you gotta do, you know, your aerobic workout with the old folks, you know, <laughs> like it has its place, but there's things such as like sweat lodges that are being used by indigenous people that have that has a a huge benefit to your well being through mm. eliminating toxins you know, through sweating, through um, being humbled by the heat and the intensity. And it puts you in a trance meditative state. So it really purifies you on all levels where, you know, people nowadays see that as, you know, kind of woo-woo when out there, whereas it, it really has a lot of benefit, you know, um, even in the way of like, uh, like salt baths, like back in the day, people used to bathe. You know, if you think about the Romans, they they built these gigantic, huge bathhouses, you know, as monuments to the art of bathing. You know, bathing Mm -hmm. was considered therapeutic. You know, you bathed when you were sick. You bathed. There were even, you know, resorts that had specialized pools like, you know, or if you had skin conditions, you were sent to the Dead Sea to go lay in and people still do that today, you know, and it it heals uh, rheumatism as well. So there's, there's many people that will go instead of taking loads of medication, they'll go on vacation a couple times a year and go lay in the Dead Sea. Wow. Whatever sounds works. amazing, <laughs> right? that sounds amazing to me. The, the problem with the Dead Sea is scientists say that it's not going to be there, I think, in the next 50 years, it's going to be gone. Ugh, let's not talk so, about that. I don't want to talk I, about I, that. Well, that's <laughs> why we need to. This is why we need to respect water. Respecting water is respecting yourself, you know, just like the yeah. principle as above, so below, as within, so without. That's why you know, from a, like a energetic principle side of things, we need to be in harmony with our surroundings, including some of, you know, our sustenance in the way of our life, like water. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Like a simple practice that
0: I do. And I've been doing it for a while. I don't always remember, but like, I always bless my water. I also bless my food because food has water in it as well. So like yes. when you're blessing your food, it's not just about, you know, there's like, there is a scientific thing behind it, you know, because you're, you're, you know, you're blessing the food, you're blessing the water that's in the food that's going to go into your body and talk to your cells and, you know, and, and make up what you are. You
1: nourish you. Yeah. yeah.
0: So... So I feel like any anything that you want to work with um, magically th- that I requires maybe- you to change either your thoughts or your body or your energy levels, I feel like that's definitely something that you could work with water internally or, or externally, you know, not mm-hmm. to mention all the things that you can do with like blessed water in, you know, other outside spaces, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I get it. I think we should also talk about offerings, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what people usually offer to water, either fresh sea water, seawater, ocean water. Um, yeah. It, historically, using milk and honey and pouring it in, um, mm. doing libations of alcohol, beer, wine, mead, um, those people have been doing that since the beginning of time. Um, throwing in effigies and jewelry like gold and silver jewelry as offerings. Um, there's even the case of people in the UK making bog butter, leaving butter What's in the that? bog <laughs> for the, for the water. <laughs> Cause bogs are water. Um, ah. <laughs> people, people have thrown grains and different food items, different perfumes. Mm-hmm. Um, people have pour different sacred um, potions on the ground in front of the water. So it has a rich history of offering back to the earth. It's really, you know, sweet luxurious items that you want to gift to these waters to keep them happy. So they don't come in and erase your village from the map.
0: Yeah. And also (laughs) really important to, you know, like when you're visiting, any waterways to go, you know, pick up some trash or, you know, like just take care of the space because I feel like, I feel like that's, that's something that is practical and, you know, is an offering to not only the water itself, but the water creatures and the, you know, all the plants that live in that habitat.
1: I like to offer flowers. Um, There's times there's, uh, there's, whenever I get to do it, um, when I'm down in Virginia with my family, we go to Virginia beach, you know, every now and again, uh, I like to take flowers to the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'll take, um, like a crystal or something or a piece of, you know, belonging to me and say a prayer and throw it in because to me, I keep it as a way, you know, um, of honoring my ancestors now, I know my ancestors were not in Virginia, but mm-hmm. it's the same, that body of water has a lot of history for my ancestors. So I make it a point to honor um, my African ancestors and my Taino ancestors, because the Atlantic was so, is a big feature in, in the history of that lineage. Mm-hmm. So I take it up, I make it a point to bring, you know, white flowers and remembrance you know, and that's Sorry, been something that's beautiful. that, yeah, it's, it's very powerful. And I really try to do it by myself. Like it's something I do just me and them. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm by the Atlantic, I make a point to, to stop by and just to just to talk to the ones that are still in the water, the ones that are still vibrating with that, with that energy, you know, to yeah. acknowledge them and to let them know that, as one of their descendants, that I still find them important. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it fills me at the end of the day, you know? And yeah, especially like being Taino or, you know, a descendant, water is huge in, in Puerto Rico and in Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. I mean, their islands are surrounded by it, but the culture of water you know, everybody's taking canoes and island hopping, you know, yeah. <laughs> everybody was very water-based and always near the water. And so, you know, and even the, the fresh water that was on, on the island, you know, making um, offerings to Atabe and, and the, the other water spirits in the area, that really, you know, it, it makes the, my connection with water feel so much more on a deeper level, because it's inbred into the culture itself. Even mm-hmm. now, water is a big deal to those island cultures. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, any any bodies of water, really, like if you live near a body of water, you you are from a place. You know, well
1: the, the water, we tells, all need
0: to treat it sacred.
1: <laughs> and the water is a snapshot of the history of that place. You know that mm-hmm. that a lot of those bodies of water are, they go back so far into time and they're gonna continue long after we're gone. So mm-hmm. it's like a way to connect our story to their story. Yeah, so it takes on another level of sacred. So we hope you guys enjoyed you know, our conversation about sacred water. Um, I'm Athena Silver, I'm a professional psychic medium. If anybody would like to have a tarot reading or a mediumship reading or spiritual cleansing, um, please check out my website readings with Athena dot com. I'm on Instagram at Athena dot silver. I'm on Facebook at readings with Athena Silver and I'm on TikTok at read at sorry at there's so many. <laughs> at <laughs> Athena <laughs> underscore silver.
0: <laughs> what are- you, Anya? Mine's so much more simple. Yes, <laughs> um, I am a certified hypnotherapist in past life regression and a tarot reader. And you can reach me at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Wonderful. Uh, we hope you guys check back with us next week. We drop an episode every Thursday. So keep an eye out. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.